the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. We have talked a lot about the Republican primary for the U.S. Senate seat being vacated by Rob Portman. And every campaign is doing its own polling, sometimes internal, and sometimes that internal polling uh, becomes uh, externally known. Why it becomes externally known is most often, and I would say almost always, because the polling is favorable to the candidate who did the polling. So I'm just putting that out there so that you will understand that if a candidate took a poll and the poll was not flattering to the candidate, do you think the candidate would publicize the poll results? I don't think so, because that would be damaging to their own campaign. That does not mean that a campaign that publicizes some of its internal polling is lying about the polling. Because if I were a candidate and I were doing polling and the polling were favorable to my campaign, I would want everyone to know it. So that's the uh, disclaimer. As I give you the results of a poll from WPA Intelligence on behalf of the Josh Mandel campaign for U.S. Senate. Uh, this, camp, this poll was taken uh, on the phone on January the 30th, 31st, and February 1st. What does the poll show? Uh, not surprisingly, again, again, because it was released by the Mandel campaign, so it's, of course, going to be favorable to his campaign. It shows Josh Mandel in front with 28% saying that they will be his candidate in the May primary. Second, well, let's leave second out of it for a second. Let's go to third. Mike Gibbons, the Cleveland uh, financial guy, is third at 17%. Remember, Mandel had 28. Gibbons has 17. J.D. Vance, the author, Hillbilly LG, has 13. Jane Timken, former head of the Ohio Republican Party, has nine. Bernie Moreno, six. And Matt Dolan has five. I'm glad Dolan's last because I don't think Matt Dolan has true conservative values. Who's second? Is Mark Pukita second? Somebody second who you've not heard of? Second, with 22%, is undecided. So a big portion of the electorate in Ohio is still undecided about who they're going to favor in the May primary for U.S. Senate. Now, why do I think Josh Mandel is ahead? <clears throat> well, Josh Mandel is a guy who has better name recognition than in Ohio than anybody he's running against. He just does. I know J.D. Vance on Fox all the time. I know J.D. Vance wrote a national bestseller. I know J.D. Vance was a never-Trumper and has since said, I screwed that up. But J.D. Vance nationally is probably better known than Josh Mandel, but Josh Mandel locally is better known than any of the candidates he's running against. That's 
a benefit. Also, you know that old E.F. Hutton commercial? When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. (laughs) When Josh Mandel talks, headlines result. Because Josh Mandel has a, (laughs) I'm not sure if it's a gift, but it is a propensity to say things that command headlines. Now, why do the things that Josh Mandel say, uh, things that he says, why do they command headlines? Whereas, by contrast, the things Mike Gibbons, Bernie Moreno, Jane Timken, J.D. Vance say don't generate headlines. Because Josh Mandel says things that the people who are writing the headlines can't stand. Josh Mandel says things that Haley B. Miller, the Columbus Dispatch, Andrew Tobias, Cleveland Plain Dealer, that drive them nuts. Okay? That's what Josh Mandel says. Josh Mandel doesn't say, yeah, it was some funny business with that election. I got questions about that election. Josh Mandel says, the election was stolen. I think Josh Mandel has said, like, did he? I, I, I forget all the headline grabbing things Josh Mandel said, but I think at the Republican leadership forum, he said, Mark Zuckerberg should be, um, I don't know if he said he should be in jail, but he said something to the effect that I was like, whoa, that's going to be a headline coming out of this tonight. The election was stolen. That's going to be a headline coming out of this tonight. Okay, so I've said before, and I'll say again, Mandel can't run in the general unless he wins. The, well, he can, but he's not going to win the general unless he wins the primary. And if he did run as a third-party candidate after not winning the primary, he'd be dead to the Republican Party in forever. And Josh Mandel's a young guy. He's not going to do that. But the problem with Josh Mandel saying things more boldly, less diplomatically than the general idea of what he says could be conveyed. For instance, he could say, the election of 2020, I got some serious doubts about that. There's a court case in Wisconsin that found things were done illegally. There's a court case in Pennsylvania where things were done illegally. You can make your case. And Moreno does this, Gibbons does this, Timken does this, Vance does this. You can make your case diplomatically, or you can just put it all out there. And Mandel's a put-it-all-out-there kind of guy. The election was stolen. So this is also why people remember Josh Mandel. But the downside of that is he's going to give screaming Tim Ryan or Morgan Harper, or whatever lunatic the Democrats run, Mandel's going to give them a cachet of ammunition to use against him in the general. He already has. You can't run from the kinds of things Josh Mandel has said. And I'll say this, Mandel benefits from the fact that none of the other candidates in the race to this point on his side of the ticket have chosen to be like him. In that, you don't hear Bernie Moreno saying, Josh Mandel's a nutcase. You don't hear Mike Gibbons saying, Josh Mandel is histrionic. You don't hear Jane Timken ripping on Josh Mandel. And I'm continually waiting for somebody on the Republican side to engage Josh Mandel in a way that Josh Mandel engages everybody. 
Josh Mandel is a pit bull. I think there are other candidates in this race who are guard dogs, who are able to get down in the mud, but they get down in the mud to talk about Joe Biden, to talk about Tim Ryan, to talk about Democratic positions. Nobody has really come out and bared their fangs toward Josh Mandel. The reason why? Maybe they feel like that puts a stink on them with Ohio voters. They can read this poll, too. I mean, they know if they do that, there are 28% of the people who are all in with Josh Mandel. You're going to instantly be their enemy. Also because if you come out and say Josh Mandel's crazy for saying the election was stolen or for saying that whatever he said about Mark Zuckerberg that was also headline worthy, you risk being the person who is not worthy of Donald Trump's endorsement, not worthy of the support of people who support Donald Trump. Because the things Mandel says are the same things Trump says. So that's my analysis of why Josh Mandel is popular and why Josh Mandel is not getting the pushback from people in his own race for the Senate seat on the Republican side. Now, as for other polls, USA Today Suffolk poll, looking at the 2024 election. What if it's between Joe Biden? And at that point in time, will Joe Biden be on life support by that time? 2024? Can you imagine Joe Biden, what Joe Biden will be like in November of 2024? Wow. Uh, there are people on ventilators who have more life than Joe Biden does right now. Uh, Joe Biden against Ron DeSantis, 2024. DeSantis wins 52 to 44. 52 to 44? How's Biden get 44? Anyway, Trump against DeSantis. Trump wins 47 to 44. I'll say right now, for the umpteenth time, I have serious doubts about Donald Trump's ability to beat Joe Biden in the 2024 election. Not because Joe Biden is superior to Donald Trump in any way, not because Joe Biden's policies are superior, but because Donald Trump awakens the enemy. Most of the enemy will remain asleep if Donald Trump doesn't run. This is what Republicans are going to have to reconcile if Trump runs, and it looks like he will, is do you pick the guy who you have about a 90% chance of beating Biden if you run it, DeSantis? Maybe Cotton, maybe Hawley, maybe Haley, maybe Tim Scott, although please no on any of those. I want DeSantis because he's got a track record to run on. But do you pick the guy who you know can beat Biden or do you pick the guy who you're basically like buying a ticket to a Beach Boys or Eagles concert? Because back when you saw them the first time, you thought the band was the greatest band you'd ever seen. And even though now they're not what they used to be, 
you still see them through the prism of what they used to be. So we wrap up a Thursday remote edition of the Bruce Hooley Show from rural Madison County. The weather uh, precluded me getting to the station today. Appreciate your patience with uh, whatever technical difficulties have resulted from this. But I'm glad to be with you. Uh, Wrap up with a little bit more on a couple issues out there. I see a headline here on the Hill that ESPN is planning an all-woman crew to cover an NBA game in Salt Lake City. Whoop-dee-doop-dee-doo. What is a woman, ESPN? Because here's ESPN, which is all in on defending every female analyst it has on a professional sport who get criticized because of their opinions. Oh, why are you a sexist male pig criticizing Mina Kimes on the NFL because as an Asian woman, she never played in the NFL? How dare you? How many times do you think ESPN has mentioned the Leah Thomas controversy at Penn? How many times? They've mentioned Leah Thomas's name on all the ESPN families of networks once. Once. So they can trumpet and parrot their prioritization of females and women all they want to, but on a story that everybody in the United States has interest in. Because it could fundamentally change the future of women's sports if we allow biological men to compete in it. ESPN has nothing to say. Likewise, they had nothing to say about the Golden State Warriors owner, who on a podcast said that the persecution and extermination of Uyghur Muslims in China was, quote, below my line. Nobody cares, was his exact word. An NBA owner said that. ESPN had nothing to say about it. Nothing. Didn't report it at all. Didn't touch on it. Hasn't asked the Golden State Warriors coach Steve Kerr about it. Hasn't asked Mr. Woke himself, Greg Popovich, about it. Hasn't asked LeBron James about it. Won't ask NBA commissioner Adam Stern about it. Won't cover it because ESPN is a fraud. Now, I've said before in trying to prepare you for the battle that we engage in as uh, soldiers of truth, that the template for doing it is best demonstrated by the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesian church in chapter 6. Standing, standing firm. The belt of truth buckled around you. Stand firm. Just don't be moved. Stand. No, I'm not. No, I'm not going to say it's okay for a biological man to use a women's bathroom. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to stand right here. I'm deeply rooted, as Peter said. I'm deeply rooted. I'm welded to my position. I'm welded true, standing firm. That's what the truckers in Canada are doing. I'm sure it's very inconvenient right now to be a citizen of Ottawa, the capital of Canada, with the trucks gnarling traffic in downtown Ottawa. The businesses can't open, and citizens are being inconvenienced, and commerce is slowed. But that's what these truckers are doing. They are standing firm against vaccine mandates. They want freedom. And while it is not our finest hour as Americans that we have to take a lesson in freedom and liberty and courage from our Canadian neighbors to the north, it is nevertheless inspiring to watch and see. And so I think we need to prepare ourselves 
for what I hope will be a duplicate trucking boycott, trucking convoy here in our own states. Because imagine the ticklish situation that this will put good old Delaware train-riding blue-collar Joe Biden in if Washington, D.C. is flooded with 18-wheelers and everyday Americans in their pickup trucks. Oh, the lady from the New York Times will be traumatized, of course, because the mere sight of a pickup truck with a flag traumatizes her. But imagine, how is Joe Biden going to handle it? The champion of the little guy. Union Joe. What's more union than the Teamsters Union? What's more union than truckers? And if our American truckers take a page from what is going on in Canada, what is Biden going to do? Is he going to stand up to the truckers? In Canada, they are talking about calling in the military to force the truckers out of downtown Ottawa. This has been a peaceful protest in Canada. There's not a bunch of violence going on. Oh, they're trying to make it look like, oh, there's a Confederate flag. Oh, there's a Trump flag. Look at these evil truckers. First of all, it wouldn't surprise me if these are plants with the Confederate flag. But I want to see how Joe Biden is going to handle a trucker convoy in Washington, D.C., keeping people from getting to the Capitol, keeping people from... Look, there's no way in the world that Joe Biden, the president, and Muriel Bowser, the mayor of Washington, D.C., are going to be able to handle a in Washington, D.C., nor will Jen Psaki be able to do it from the microphone at the podium at the White House without saying something stupid that betrays who the Democrats really are. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.